Hello and welcome again to another wonderful video of words of encouragement from Pastor Deborah of Agape Love. Love is here's global spiritual teaching ministry. This is going to be 21 of the year 2023. I'm moving along. It's kind of slow these days. Got so many videos to record trying to get the year 2023 completed in many areas, working on new videos on new platforms and continuing to work through the many books I've written. And we want to give a big thank you to Zoom Pro. I'm recording on it and through it today with no green screen. Don't like them. Try them all. So if I look fuzzy or the words are fuzzy or if I point my hand and it disappears into the video, you'll know why. I'm hoping maybe that Zoom Pro in the future will develop it so we don't have to use green screens. That would be so nice. And this is a wonderful free motion video from Pixabay. I'm able to get many free motion videos from wonderful creators. So please check out Pixabay. And there's some better ones out there with better resolutions. And you can do, uh, donate to the creator or pay for them. I choose the free ones. I'm on a limited budget. So here in this word of encouragement, this video is going to help us to visualize something. And the title of this word of encouragement is, Who is your spiritual light? I didn't say what, I said who. And this video shows that coming out, see right back here in the, it's coming from somewhere. This is like a voice speaking to us, light shining from a center focus, Mm -hmm. coming out to us. We see how that happens out when we look through a telescope and we see the stars. That is light that has traveled Already, it's already happened, but it's come from some center place out towards us. So here in this word of encouragement video, I'm using this wonderful video called Who is Your Spiritual Light? There's always going to be a who behind words. Even if uh, you sort of have a dream or you go into a trance. A who is going to talk to you. That's right. If you hear voices, there's a who behind it. Even animals are whos. They are beings that talk. They may not sound like us or an insect or a butterfly, but they are a who. They're not a what or a thing. They're a being, a creature. So in this word of encouragement, We're going to look at and have you ask yourself, who is your spirit's light? Oh, you don't know you have a spirit? It's called the forever person. You see, in our physical body, we have a physical body. We all see that. We have a soul inside. That's where our mental health issues are. It's inside of the biological brain with the neurons, the chemicals, all the body stuff. That's the soul. And it's directly connected to the physical body. There are two that are one. 
And then there's the forever person, the spirit, that part of us that leaves our body. We call it disassociation when we're being abused or traumatized. And we have out-of-body experiences, maybe with drugs, alcohol, Mm -hmm. or we get in the occult. And then it's that same one that we hear a lot about called near-death experiences. Mm -hmm. The spirit. Now, where is that? It's inside disturbed body. It's hidden away deeply inside of the soul. But it's not a part of the soul. But it is. For a long time, it's married to and one with your soul. But I've come along to give you a divorce. And the only way legally that you can be separated from your old soul is through death. And we read about that in the authorized King James Bible. That a divorced person, just because they're not happy anymore. Okay. They're not free legally. But if the spouse, say the husband, dies, the female is free. So God had to use a lot of metaphors that we understood to talk about the freedom of the spirit from the soul. Mm -hmm. But right now your soul is stuck in the mud. It's in the flesh. It is one with the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of its life, the soul's life. And it's a mess. So here, I'm just asking both your soul and your physical body and you, the forever person, a question. Who is your spirit's light? So I'm going right now. This video is saying all this light this green growth, these words, these revelations, it's for your spirit. We're going to go to Psalms 27, verse 1, and another one. Let's pray first before we begin. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time with all these precious people here in the Garden of Eden, spiritually. Father, you know where their physical bodies are. I don't. But you've drawn them to yourself to teach them. So they may grow and learn. They may learn to evaluate themselves. Look and see their condition. Father, help us as you teach us out of your words of spirit and truth, your Bible. We thank you for King David and Moses for writing these down for us to help us even now. These many ancient years later from their lives. Help us, Father, as you begin your work of fulfilling your words of Isaiah 61 and 62 in their lives. And bringing about a spiritual circumcision that you will bring the spirit out from the clutches of the slavery of to the soul. In a Hebrews 4.12 spiritual circumcision father be about your work that only you can do for these precious spiritual ones that are here today in the name of christ jesus amen all right what's the title who is your spirit's light that means what kind of light is giving light what does that mean 
It tells us when there is a who behind spiritual light. This video doesn't look like there's a who there. This is coming at me, at you, towards us from somewhere. But what this scripture in question is that back there is a who. He's speaking. He's doing nonverbal communication. He is sending out his thoughts, his light to us down here on this planet and others. Let's look at Psalms 27, verse 1. Psalms was written by King David of ancient Israel, the second king. King Saul was the first. So let's hear what King David, who was a shepherd boy, then became king, talks to us about. Verse 1. The Lord is my, the forever person, light. It is the light of my spirit, he says. The Lord is. That's the who. And of my salvation. So he is saying the Lord. To David, the Lord was God, the great I am, the deliverer of Israel from out of ancient Egypt, the Savior, the one that had brought them into captivity through Israel, and they had forgotten about. Many of us are the same way. We have forgotten who really is our God through ancient years of civilization. It's sort of there, but can't quite get it. But we were always trying. King David is saying the Lord, that means the owner, the great I am, is my light, is my spirit's light, and is my salvation. Whom then shall I fear if I have this God of Israel? As my light. And what does light mean? Truth, knowledge, revelation. Life itself. He's saying, whom shall I fear? As long as I know that the Lord is my light. He is my life. He's what keeps my spirit alive. Feeding it, nourishing it. The electrical activity that needs to be in it. Growing it. Nurturing it. And he's my salvation. From the captivity of slavery and death. Which ancient Egypt represented. He says, whom shall I be afraid of? Nobody. The Lord is the strength of my spiritual life. So this light. Of God, King David is saying, is my spiritual life. We have electrical activity that goes on in our hearts, in our brain. It's chemical electrical. Our nerves are chemical electrical. There's light. Some people said, I can see your auras. When we are alive, electricity is flowing. Life is there. Whether it's chemical or what. 
It's life. And he is saying that your light is the strength, the life, the power of my spiritual life, of the forever person. So David goes on. So if that's true, then whom spiritually shall I be afraid of? Or physically? Or emotionally? If you are the very light and life of my spirit, and you got my back, whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid of? Hmm? That was David was saying, I got it. You are my light. And your light is my life spiritually. And I don't need to be afraid. And that takes us off to Exodus 15, 2, verse number 2. The Lord spiritually, Moses is writing to us, is my spiritual strength and my song. What that means is my words of praise, whom I give glory to, my joy, my peace, whom I give verbal expression to. He's the melody in my heart. He's my strength. Moses goes on and says, And he, the Lord, is spiritually become my salvation. Moses knew his people were in captivity in Egypt. He knew he had been believing in other gods in Egypt. And once he remembered that his mama used to teach him about the God of Israel, And he was at her breast. But he forgot about it when he got taken into the world of the Egyptian palace, raised by the Egyptians. He could read and write. God needed that. And he had forgotten what his mama had said to him as a child. But there's something else he hadn't written yet. It's called teach up a child the things that you want them to know. And that when they are an adult, they will not waver from that. So Moses got taught as a child about the God of Israel. But he forgot about it. And it took this mighty deliverance, freedom for his people. So you have to get past the part of just caring about yourself. You have to hear your history of humanity. And it's slavery. And you have to see the bondage and the slavery for yourself. And then you have to start seeking. And when he left Egypt, the Egyptians, and he went to learn about his people in the pits of slavery while he was still prince of Egypt, he learned and he saw firsthand what the Egyptians, the taskmasters, were doing to his people. Made him mad. He actually killed one of the Egyptians. So you have to know, you have to have that gut feeling. What is slavery? How it's hurting people. And he didn't understand that this was a spiritual thing between Satan and God and captivity and freedom. But that's okay. He'll take you right where you were. So Moses is saying that this God, this Lord, would become his salvation. Moses recognized that he 
needed saving from something. Ignorance, maybe. Darkness of what the truth is. Ignorance about why they were where they were. Ignorance of who this God was. He says, you'll become my salvation and you will help me. He is my God. He is the one that I serve, that I bow to, do reverence to. And I will spiritually prepare him a spiritual habitation inside of me. But at that time, humanity was not prepared for God to live inside. He could come down on top of for a little while. He could speak to him, but he couldn't live and rest permanently inside of the human spirit because it was still unsaved, uncleansed, until a young man went to a cross and the blood was applied. Then he could come into us. But at this time, Moses is saying, I will prepare myself the best I can in my thoughts. I don't know if he knew he had a spirit, but he knew there was a spirit of the mind. And he was preparing himself for God to be in him, work with him, talk with him, and go about the world with him. And then Moses would be directed how to build a sort of traveling temple where God could, his name, his nature and essence and presence could be in it and go with them. And it was a parable, an allegory of how eventually he wanted to be inside of us and he would be as a, we would become his temple spiritually. And wherever we went, he went with us. But he couldn't do it at that time. So he said, My father's God, and I will spiritually exalt him. He recognized his ancestor, Israel, and their family. This was their God. A lot of us have to go back and go, Who was the God of my fathers? <laughs> was it some dragon? Some half human, half animal. Moses was able to go back and find the history and learn that this was the God of Israel and his family who came into Egypt. And I will, ex- I will spiritually exalt him. It means praise him, lift him up above all the other gods. A lot of people don't realize the battle in Egypt was between God and the gods. Of Egypt. Every one of the things that happened in Egypt, the plagues, they were all against different gods of Egypt. Mm-hmm. God was in a God battle. God against a sort of earthly gods, I guess, which were really fallen demonic spirits that had claimed the land, the waters, the insects, the bugs, the sky, everything for theirs. And he says, I'll just show you who owns everything. So the battle was on. And that happens to take us over to Deuteronomy, also written by Moses, 10, 21. We're trying to expand out who is your spiritual light that you are following That's lighting up your spirit. That's giving you life and strength. Who you're worshiping. Who's talking to your spirit. 
We know what's talking to your flesh. Pride. Greed. Lust. Corruption. Jealousy. Envy. Lust of your eyes. Lust of your flesh and the pride of its life. We know that whose image that is. That's Satan's. Mm-hmm. That's not God's image. That's not the light of God. So Deuteronomy, which was also written by Moses, after they had left Egypt, and they're trying to get their nation together. Uh, he's trying to set rules and laws for the people. Because what happens when people get set free, who have been in bondage for so long under another nation's rules, they don't know how to rule themselves. And they had to have some rules for the flesh because that's all that was alive. And Deuteronomy helps us to understand that. Your flesh must get disciplined and have rules. Your soul and your thoughts and your images and ideas must all be controlled and have new influences. Must be disciplined. Can't blame anybody anymore. Can't just go along with the herd. You must have individual discipline. You must learn how to discipline your flesh, your thoughts. You must be in personal, intimate relationship with God. Deuteronomy 10, 21. He, the Lord God, Moses writes, is my praise. And he is my, he's talking about the forever person now. God he's my praise that my soul is going to praise and talk about give thanks and glory to I'm going to speak about him give praise to God for other people to hear bow down in front of other people and he is the God of my forever person spiritually I was tested with outward appearance I would get on my knees in a dress in a church Lay down on my face in a dress in a church with nobody else. Raise my hands in worship and nobody else did. I would speak up in committee meetings about God and prayers. God was my praise. And he, I knew he was the light and the God of my spirit. See, we learn in a wonderful, wonderful section of the new, of the four gospels that talk about the days of Christ Jesus on the earth. There was a young lady, a Samaritan who was at a well and Jesus was there. She's talking about water and he starts talking about living water. That brings a wonderful conversation. She asked this Jew where the right place to go to worship the God that Everybody's supposed to be worshiping. She told him that they, the Samaritans, go up on the high mountain to worship. But she said, you Jews tell us we got to go to the temple in Jerusalem. Where's the best place? Where's the right place to worship this God? And Jesus said an amazing thing. He said, woman, you just don't know what the truth is. You don't have any light or revelation. The truth is, This God that you're trying to worship in the mountain or the Jews are in Jerusalem in the temple, these physical locations, he is a spirit being. He's a spirit God. 
He's trying to get your spirit to worship him in spirit and in truth. That means knowledge, understanding, revelation, spiritually. He's after your spirit. And it doesn't matter if you if you go to the high mountain or the thing. If your spirit is not worshiping and has no understanding of this God as a spiritual being, as a spirit God, then you can't even worship him. Your flesh, he does not count. So all your trips to the mountain, all the trips to the church building, nothing. Because it's only your physical body and your soul. So here in Deuteronomy, Moses is saying that you are the spirit, the Lord God of my spirit. So that he has done for me this spiritual being, the forever person, these great spiritual and wonderful and fearful, mighty things which my eyes have seen. It is spirit that must be considered. Who is your spiritual light? It's a who. Spiritual light is from the realm of the spirit to your spirit, the forever person. Even Christ Jesus tells you, God is seeking to reach and touch with his spiritual light, your spirit. He's looking for it to worship him in knowledge and truth. Now, two things are going on. There is the soul that God works and tries to get it to also acknowledge God of the Bible. Then there's the spirit. I just had this revelation. I'm laying in bed one night and a neighbor came to me, Mr. Mike. And his spirit wanted saving and wanted to be dedicated because he knew he was on hospice. He had some kind of lung condition and he was dying. And he wanted to make sure that he was saved. And I took care of business. Then uh, just uh, maybe a month later, we hear his family was on death watch with hospice. And he passed away. And at the funeral, the hospice chaplain was there talking about how she talked to them, him and his wife, and they got baptized. That was the soul part of him that was accepting of Christ. There's two parts of us that God is trying to reach. The soul must bow its knee and allow its physical body to be baptized, the soul must come to the revelation that God is its salvation. And the spirit itself, like this lady at the well was learning, like King David and Moses were teaching us, it is the spirit that needs God's light. It is the spirit that will return unto God upon earthly death. The soul dies. And the physical body dies. But there is a soul of the spirit. That's The spirit has a mind. It has feelings. And you want that to all be focused on God. Spiritually. So it needs God's spirit's spiritual light. 
It needs its revelations, its truth, its knowledge that God is its salvation. So I just had that experience that, yes, I work in the realm of the spirit. I can also work in the realm of the soul. But there's others that work just in the realm of the soul, but not in the spirit. Most believers don't even have a knowledge that there's a spirit that's moving around. I've helped many people die. I've let helped many people to let go of life. And I've helped many into the arms of an angel when they cannot get out of their physical body. I've taken many before Satan could kill them. The spiritual part. Just as David and Moses were saying, I must know that the Lord, the God of Israel, is my spiritual light. Mm-hmm. When I help people, most of their spirits are babies. But as I teach, I'm trying to teach you deep spiritual stuff here in this word of encouragement for you. So who is your spiritual light? King David and Moses said, the Lord God of Israel, the God of the Bible. He is my spiritual light. He is my salvation. He is my Lord. And I should not fear anything spiritually. When death is coming. Or I'm in battle. And there's nothing to be afraid about. Once I can recognize. And accept him. As the. My light. From my spirit. My Lord. My God. And when somebody like Mr. Mike came to me. His spirit. Realized. Death was coming I guess. Maybe it was getting darker and darker. And sometimes my reputation has spread as a pastor, a preacher, teacher, a priest. That you can come to me and I will help you at that time. Many people are frightened of death, even the spirit. Some people don't believe this one young man named Jim. I had talked to him in the earth, in the soulish realm. And he was dying of some kind of cancer. And he came to me. He was so frightened and scared that he was going to go to hell. Because he didn't believe in God. I said, that's okay. You came to me in your fear. I have enough faith and belief in God for both of us. And God believes in you and wants you. And because you came to me the best way you knew how. Seeking something. Telling me your fears. I'll take it from here. And I prayed and said. Father your faith and love of this young man. Must outweigh his. His fears. And he passed away. And went right on up. See even if you. Just come to him. You don't know what to say. But you seek him. God can hear your thoughts. Help me. I'm afraid to go to hell. So I took care of business. Had another precious young lady. She was in a coma. And she wanted to go on and be with her precious Jesus. But her children didn't want her to go. I said, you can go. And she went. Oh, the kids got mad at me. 
don't know who I was. Then I had another lady. She'd been in a coma and long time and sort of started waking up, but her body was never going to return. Her family had moved on and she needed to let go. And I had to help her make that decision to let go. Other people, death is coming and they're going to be horribly tortured. And God will speak to me and say, I'll take them now. So I just tell them, leave your body and I'll put you right in the arms of an angel. So there's all sorts of ways, but the spirit will leave the physical body either instantaneously or on a slow process or something. So is your spirit's light the light of God? Can he come to you in his voice, in his words? Can he bring light into your spirit? Can he fill it? With his salvation. With his knowledge and truth. Can he bring in to you. Where you have no fear. And you're at peace. That is my word of encouragement for you. And my question. This week. On words of encouragement. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father. We thank you so much. For your words. About your spiritual light. For our spirit. Thank you for King David and Moses. And their words that still live on today. Their life examples. Thank you for all that you have done. To help us. For we need you so much. Thank you for showing us this wonderful video. To help us understand. What you want to do. And bring to our spirit. Your light. And your life. Your salvation. Your glory. And help us not be afraid of anything. Father, be about your work in us, through us, in all the nations and all the people. No matter where that nation is, no matter what planet we are on. Father, be about your work. Fulfill your words and let them come back to you full of glory. And fulfilled. In the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Okay. I'll see you next week. On another word of encouragement for you. Bye.